0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised.
1: I'm Shane Ramer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you for supporting the podcast. Always great to have you back. just Our guest today is Aubrey Huff. I'm so pumped to share this conversation with you. Spinning Aubrey played you. Major League Baseball for 13 seasons with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, the Houston Astros, Baltimore Orioles, Detroit Tigers, and a team that is close to my hometown in the East Bay Area, the San Francisco Giants, uh, which Aubrey was a part of. When the San Francisco Giants won two World Series championships. He shares a great story about that in the podcast. Aubrey also recently started a clothing line called Alpha American. So you can check that out at alphaamerican.com. Give Aubrey a follow. Instagram at huffdaddy76. And also at alpha underscore American underscore official. We're going to get to Aubrey in just a minute. But first, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Please join us on Locals. That community is growing like crazy. That sober guy Locals community. You can help support us there. You can be part of a growing sober community that's safe. It'll help you stay accountable. You'll have some fun in the process couple hundred members in there. It's really starting to grow. I love watching it. Everybody posting in there, sharing, having a place to connect, build some friendships, some fellowships and stay accountable. Uh, Such an important thing. when We're trying to give up drinking, especially in those early uh, first couple of days, weeks, months. Um, So if you want to join, we'd love to have you. You can download the locals app at either of the app stores and I'll put those links in the show notes for you. Or you can go to that thatsoberguypodcast.locals.com uh, and you can go there and, and go straight on your laptop or your desktop, however you'd like to do that, over your phone. Once again, you can download the app and uh, it's an easy way to find it. Um, sign up to be the first notified about a new course we're launching. I am very excited about this too. It's called Quit Drinking Dude, The Ultimate Men's Guide to Quit Alcohol and Stay Sober for 30 Days or More. Man, I've put a lot of work into this. I'm still working on it actively right now. We're going to have it ready in just the next couple of weeks. It's a podcast daily course that has actionable items to take away and help you stay connected every day for 30 days and help you quit drinking and not just help you, but inspire you too. What's your why? We're going to ask those questions do some writing, do some thinking, do some podcasting. There's some videos in there and there's a ton of great resources to help keep you connected. And so I'd love to shoot you an email as soon as it's ready, as soon as it's launched. Just one more time, go to thatsoberguy.com and you'll see a pop-up there. You can enter your email and I will shoot you over that email as soon as the course launches in just a couple of weeks. Uh, So, and if you're listening to this later on, it's already been launched. So if you'd like to check it out, Quit Drinking Dude, The Ultimate Men's Guide to Quit Alcohol and Stay Sober for 30 Days or More. All the links today will be in the show notes for you, make it easy to find. And uh, look, before we kick this thing off with Aubrey, I just want to say a big thank you to him for coming on the show, speaking so openly about using alcohol. Uh, about using Adderall and his struggle with that, uh, about giving up drinking. Uh, Shares some stories uh, about baseball, of course, one in particular, about Nolan Ryan, which is uh, great, and uh, it was funny. There's some good good, uh, elements of all different parts of a good conversation today of two dudes just hanging out and shooting the shit. Also shares about his father, man, some personal stuff, too. So I'm so excited to share this with you guys. We love you guys, man. This is one thing about the sober community is we can all be different. We can have different opinions. We can have different viewpoints. And at the end of the day, we can respect those and we can come together as one and we can learn from each other. Even when we disagree with certain things, we can still learn if we keep an open mind and understand that we all have freedom to make choices that affect our lives and our families the way that we want to. And that's one of the most beautiful things about this beautiful country that we live in. And uh, I'm just so happy to be a part of your recovery, of uh, the the community itself, and really stoked to have Aubrey Huff on the podcast today. So without further ado, here is Aubrey Huff. Man, look at all them shirts in the background, dude. That's, oh, yeah, that's man. nice. You I got, got the I stock.
0: Got, I just got full inventory yesterday, so we're ready to rock some my <laughs> Shit, I can't keep these damn things in stock, dude. It's crazy.
1: Oh, I bet, I bet, and you you haven't even launched, or uh, you didn't launch Alpha uh, America uh, American not that long ago, right? I mean, just
0: yeah, I mean, it's it hasn't even been three months, dude. It's, yeah, I, yeah, it's been crazy. Are, are we are we live right now?
1: Yeah, we. I'm, I just hit record, so I think what I'm going to do is, um, if that's cool with you, we can pause if we need to. Just let me know. Um okay. Obviously, we're not live streaming, so we're good on that. Right. It's going to be. Um, you know, I'll, I'll fix everything in post-production. But uh, yeah, it was funny. I did a podcast with Ed uh, Lattimore a couple of weeks back. I think I had sent it to you. And normally I do, um, you know, a little format, little intro and stuff too. But I've been noticing lately that I don't know what it is for maybe the it's Zoom or whatever platform it is. It's nice to like just get on and, and just like chat. So I'm just kind of doing the post production later. I think as I'm moving forward with the show. So it's been fun, man. You, it's been a good time. Yeah,
0: I, I like loose, casual chit chat, like you're having a drink with a buddy at a bar, exactly. right? Even though, yeah. even though this is not a, a drinking <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah. Um So uh, yeah, I, I was doing a podcast a little bit over a year ago, and I had you know management involved. People tell me what I should yeah. and shouldn't say, and they pick my host and. It and then I had guests that I didn't even want on. It was the most yeah. miserable experience of my <laughs> life. And I'm launching a podcast uh Monday. No with, way. Uh, a guy named Vince Russo who owns the platform. He said, "Dude, you got free reign. We'll awesome. set you up with a telephone call. You can have callers call in. It's just going to be a me talking with my audience, yeah. loosely having fun. Right? I'm sure I'll get some haters, but just." Yeah, you know something that's easy and where i'm not pumping a lot of money into it. Just it's more of a mission and a passion than anything Right.
1: Yeah, dude two two things you said, uh, number one having fun So I vote because i've been doing this show since 2014. I was six months sober at the time and I was like, man How am I going to stay sober? Maybe I could share my story and help some other people What the like let's start a podcast? I don't even know what the hell a podcast was at the time, but uh Started it and and people asked me. Well, how long are you going to do it? You know, what's this? What's that? I said, man The day that I stop having fun doing it is when I'll quit because what the hell is doing anything if it's not, you know, fun at the same time. And then I think people, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear real conversations. They don't need a bunch of management BS, like controlling everything from the outside, you know? So that's cool. What's the name of the podcast? Can you talk about it or?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I think we're going to call it off the cuff with Aubrey Huff Nice. and just it's going to be about pretty much anything. You know, I'm pretty, I'm an open book, man. Yeah. I can talk about pretty much anything. I don't. I I wouldn't consider myself a book smart guy. I mean, I went to University of Miami, so I'm kind of stupid when it comes to those uh, kinds of issues with books and class and everything like that. But but I have always had the ability to read the room. You know, um, communicate with people, look them in the eyes, shake their hand, be able to give people exactly what they need to hear if they're struggling in this area or that area. Because I've been through damn near all of it. I think the biggest people in the world that have gone through experiences like you and I have can people can get the most out of not so much people that are making a ton of money speaking. Right. So, um, you know, I just, I just want to share my story and, and I have what you call common sense smarts, I think. And so it plays well in the uh, podcasting world, hopefully.
1: One of my favorite pamphlets by Thomas Paine, common sense,
0: (laughs) which Which is being being lost in today's world. You know,
1: a hundred percent. And I think that, um, you know, God, it says in, in one of the books of the programs that many of the people who listen to this show, uh, are a part of, um, God gave us brains to use. And so if we step back a minute and use a little bit of common sense, a little bit of critical thinking, um, I've been talking a lot about lately about perception versus reality. Like I know that I'm having this conversation with you right now. It's real. Like I can see you, we're talking the shit that comes through, through a screen or a television or uh, whatever, I don't necessarily, we only know what we've been told over the years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love just kind of stepping back and just, if I, if I stay in that lane of what I can see and what I know is real, man, I can have a little bit of a better experience. Do you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I found that like over the last two years with all this pandemic nonsense going on, when, when all this COVID started happening, a my first six months, you know, you're locked in the house. All I was watching was Fox news. And then mm. I'd go to CNN and just watch the difference and the flip flop. And yeah, it's watching the riots and all that stuff. And my mind started getting really dark. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah. wow. I, and I started feeling bad, depressed. I, It wasn't, you know, just being locked in your house. And what did I started doing, I started drinking, mm. you know, Tucker comes on at five and we'll start having a whiskey and let's, <laughs> en- let's enjoy the watching the w- world burn. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, just soak it well, down right. and, and uh, that got pretty bad for a while, and then, you know, one day I just woke up like this dude. This I got to turn this shit off. Yeah, and I just kind of purged from it, and you know, got back into the Word, right? And I think you know, one of the big steps, you know, the twelve steps is your higher power. Mine's Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, and uh, so I think my faith really kind of brought me back and turning off that negativity and getting back to positive thinking. And um, and I didn't quit immediately. I mean, there was. Mishaps and screw ups, and you had a, a six days sober. Then you screw up on a weekend, and it's to the point now where I'm about 22 days in, um, longest I've been in quite a while. Nice man, congrats. It's, and, and honestly, I'm at that point now, and I think uh, a lot of people that have tried to quit drinking, my biggest challenge is the boredom, mm. right? Yeah. You know, when I don't have my kids, it's a Monday. Last last night was hard, yeah. and I'm sitting in my house. It was about 5:30, and I'm thinking to myself, man, what do I do? What do I do? I've done my shirt stuff. I've gotten, I was over it. I've done it all day long. Didn't want to really watch the news. I'm like, hold yeah. on a second. I got to get out of here. So I just hit a bike ride. <laughs> and, you know, nice. I did like a five, five mile bike ride, came home, had a protein shake and I was great. Oh yeah. And I feel like over the last three weeks, the one thing I've done that's really helped is I'm a morning workout guy. Yeah. So I switched my morning workouts to later in the evening. Mm. So when that five o'clock need to pour five o'clock somewhere bullshit comes, (laughs) Hey, I'll just go in the gym and get something, feel that that negative, um, addiction with something positive. That's worked for me so far.
1: Yeah, that's great, bro. The, yeah, the gym is a big one. We just uh, we just joined up over here at UFC in Huntington Beach because we moved here a few months ago. So we're kind of just trying to get dialed back in and, and meet some new people and just get the community aspect going. And uh, I finally got a DUT workout in yesterday. We we're doing some boxing and kickboxing, and the high that I get from that the um, you know the natural high, the natural good feelings, man. It's so it's so good. Number one, but very powerful at the same time. You just feel good. You feel up. And it does kind of help, um, alleviate some of the stress, obviously, but, uh, even if you're having some of those thoughts or, or, um, or urges to, to drink, um, two things. I want to ask you a question, but I want to say something before I forget too. you talked about riding a bike, dude, there's something when we can reconnect to shit we did as kids, like as simple as riding a bike or a skateboard, like I take my son to the skate park often, um, whatever it is, there's something there that childlike spirit comes out. I think that's what Jesus and God wanted us to project to that childlike faith. Um, it's really powerful. We get all old and moldy as men, dude, we're like fucking responsible and we got all this shit to do. And then all of a sudden it's like life hits you and man, I don't even know who I am. Um, do you find some of that? I mean, does that, does that resonate with you? Oh yeah. Ride the bike, the gym, all that stuff, you know, it helps. Uh, ab-
0: absolutely. Um, you know, endorphins are a huge thing. And you know when I got out of Major League Baseball man I mean the endorphins were always so high we were up yeah. all the time 40,000 people screaming at you you're going on you're going to five-star hotels you're getting free suits free dinners everybody wants an autograph everybody loves you the media is all over it's a yeah it's a lifestyle where you know you know and it's a heavily drinking lifestyle where in order to turn it off you know at nighttime after I mean you're going adrenaline until 11 o'clock at night yeah the only way to take that, that edge off, pound a few beers, you know, and that was, the, that, that was the, um, the way it was. And, you know, it's just part of the culture of professional athletes. And um, I fell into that for pretty much my whole career. And then you get out of the game and holy shit, man, your identity suffers. You don't know who you are as a man. You've been this guy that's brought home the bacon, this alpha male with his uniform on. Ladies love you. Men want to be you. And then all of a sudden, that stops like that, right? And uh, you you struggle mentally of uh, that purpose, that fire, I yeah. mean, it's hard to replace that adrenaline. And the the average fan will never know that adrenaline out there on the field. And then when you go into the real world, it you can't re, you can't yeah. replicate that. Yeah. And so I think a lot of athletes, myself included, went really dark. Started drinking a little bit more just to take that uh, misery and pain away. And um, I even started that wasn't even enough at times. And I would start taking a lot of Adderall. Mm. And so yeah. you add that into it too. And then you throw some more booze into it. Oh yeah. I mean, it destroyed, it destroyed my marriage to be quite honest with you. Wow. Um, so ended up getting divorced. Um, and it, It's been a lot of ups and downs in my life. I've been to the highest highs and lowest of lows. I mean, I've been suicidal, mm. um, you know, especially, um, you know, t- when the divorce is going on, things to that nature. Yeah. Um, and I think, everybody that's gone through that divorce machine and and then feeding their emptiness with booze and alcohol, if they're honest with themselves, have considered ending it all. I was there. Yeah. And, um, so for me, it's been a gradual process to hear. Right. I mean, like I said, 22 days, I mean, it's, it's good, you know, it's a start, yeah. but there's a long way to go for sure. And, yeah. and for, you know, I'm sure you're most of your audience are people that are, sober or, or wanting to get sober or struggling to stay sober. Um, but I think the biggest thing is for me, the one thing that got me over the Adderall for sure was I fucking wanted it. Yeah. That's right. Good. You know, yep. th- there was no ands, ifs or buffs. There was no like, yeah, I'm going to give this a try. I really need to. I think I should. There was none of that. It was like, fuck this. I'm done. Yeah. I am over this. I want to change. It's over. Yeah. And when I did that and I made that decision the next morning, I woke. I didn't want it. And it was easy and I didn't need rehab. I didn't need any of that stuff. I just quit because I wanted it. And with the booze, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. Like wh- yeah. ha- ha- I'm I'm on I'm on that fence. Like, am I gonna do this forever? Right? Is this just a three-month thing? I don't know. And so that scares me. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean?
1: And I no, I do. And I think I think that's good that you point that out because I think it scares a lot of people. I know it scared the hell out of me. That was like my crutch. You know, that was what I went to to do. I always say yeah, I have a problem with alcohol. I also have a problem with feeling shit. Like I just I don't like to feel stuff. Sometimes it's um, you know any emotion, um, and so alcohol is a tool to help deal with that. And one of the one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Obviously because you you know you're on you're on this new journey without alcohol. And it's also man because you have a lot of influence over dudes out there. Like I mean, you started a company Alpha American. It's I know it's geared towards men. I know you have some ladies' um um products and stuff too, which is awesome. Um, but dude, there's so many of us guys out there who struggle with this same shit. It's the same thing. The culture, just like you mentioned in, in baseball culture, just the culture in general. There's a liquor store everywhere. You go to the grocery store, there's alcohol. There's always something you can use to kind of numb out. Um, and it's it's not easy to stay. I ask my wife tell me sometimes she goes, I don't I don't know how, how you stay sober some days, you know, just life and the kids. But and here's the thing it's because I fucking want to. I want yeah. to stay sober. I don't want to ever go back to that life. I don't ever want to go back to having to to lean on that, you know. But to your point, one day at a time, that's why we talk about that we hear that a lot because it's easy to get so, um, you know, far pushed ahead, worrying about the future, worrying about tomorrow, worrying about what if this happens? What if that happens? My, my homeboy, Seth, he just told me one day, he said, man, just look at your feet. Cause God's got you right where you're supposed to be. I said, man, that's good. I'm going to use that one. So it's yeah. like, I can just be like, I'm right here, you know, supposed to be supposed to be talking to you. Um, one, one, one thing I wanted to ask you too. you, you mentioned about the, the adrenaline and you know, that when you're coming off of that, um, how do you, how do you, uh, uh adjust back into like a, a normal, a normal life or nor- I mean, what the fuck is a normal life after? Right, that right. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't think it. uh, I was always thinking that maybe one day this feeling would go away that, that I would stop just all of a sudden missing baseball. And just, and I've come to the realization, I don't think it ever will. You know, mm-hmm. that's always gonna be a part of me. Right. Yeah. I went through that experience my body my my heart my spirit you can't forget all that right yeah um but you know for me i've replaced a lot of that passion into um bettering myself in the gym Mm -hmm. um i'm actually in better shape now than when i played which is crazy and i'm 44 years old yeah um and i don't drink as much that's for sure i mean i was a complete shit show when i played (laughs) I, i when i look back at it now i think to myself How did I hit 242 career homers at 278 (laughs) with almost a thousand ribbies? How'd I play 13 years and never get hurt? Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was literally drinking every night and people ask me all the time. He's like, Aubrey, you think if you would have taken care of yourself, you would have been better. I'm like, that's a good fucking question. Hmm. I mean, a maybe, or on the flip side, B it's like that Mickey Mantle syndrome, right? Where, you know, you think you're playing good because you're drinking and you're taking all the pressure off you, you think you are in your mind. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I'm certainly paying for it now as I've gotten older, everything hurts, you know, at 44, you know, from the baseball <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And I'm feeling it more now that I've quit over the last 22 days. No, I, I,
1: it starts to people, come out the, the right. Yeah. Like you you feel like
0: you're detoxing. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, mean, I hear all these stories, like, man I've never felt better. I'm like, when the fuck is that going to start happening? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I feel in the morning, you know, you wake up, your curriculum, as the day goes on, I get in the gym, I feel a lot better. But, you know, I know it takes time. It's a process. And I, and I think that's yeah. another thing that people need to realize, you know, in life in general, anything, you got it takes time. Right. Yeah. um and i know that and you and for me i I've, I've talked to plenty of people i've gone to aa meetings i've got buddies who are sober like aubrey you're on the right path yep. the first the first month two three probably gonna suck and you're gonna have a lot of demons you gotta battle but you gotta sit in that uncomfortability yep. um and That's just good. and just own it man and know that if your mind starts drifting or you're in this fog and i've got i've experienced a lot of that in the last weeks where i'm just foggy yeah yeah right? and i'm just staring that. off in the distance like you know, I snap myself. i have been staring for 10 minutes. What the fuck yeah. am I doing? Yeah. And uh, no, that's normal. Right. And yep. it's your brain, it's your brain, just years of destroying itself. And it's a little foggy. And it's it's yeah. healing. It'll heal. It just takes some time.
1: Well, I think there's, I, I love that. And I think there's a good analogy to this. this is actually one of the, the questions I wanted to ask you about. Um, I was kind of thinking about last night. So I was thinking about today, like the grind of being successful at anything we do, whether it's baseball, whether it's a nine to five, whether it's starting a company, um, a marriage, a uh, being a dad, um, there's a grind through it. There's a path, you know, there. And so like a lot of, a lot of people that say, man, you know, Aubrey Huff won two world series, major league baseball player. A lot of people don't take the time or maybe they, you know, they just don't know to go back and look at the fucking grind that went through to get there how many days did you want to quit how many days were you like man i'm done like this is like i i don't know god like what's what are you doing you know but you you ride it out and that's part of the process and i think it applies to the same thing that you're talking about going through right now when we're quitting drinking like it sucks some days especially in the beginning it's tough but it does get better it gets a little easier you get a bigger community you get bigger uh you get more people to support you um you know and so can you talk about that grind, just even whether it applies to baseball or whether it applies to what you're going through now? Like, how do you get through that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there was there was never a time in my life uh, during the grind, even when I was going bad uh, through college or minor leagues, even in my big league career where I ever thought about giving up because I loved what I was doing so much. Yeah. Right, And I think that's what a lot of people don't get in this world is, they do jobs or they do things because they need to get a paycheck and they hate what they do. That's no way to live, man. Yeah. Since I retired, I've tried so many different things, throw so much shit against the wall, and I quit within two months because I hate it. It's not. It's not. And people, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to give it a chance. I'm not going <laughs> to give it a chance if I wake up every day miserable, hate doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So I just I, I've been bouncing back and forth into things. And to me, that's insane. Right. If you continue to do something you don't want to do just to make money, there's mm-hmm. more to life than that. And so with baseball. Yeah. I, even when I struggled, it kept me going because I knew cause I loved what I did. And I think Steve Jobs or said something along that lines before he died. It's like that's that's the very definition of insanity is people going to work every day for jobs they hate. Yeah. So it's something to that. Yep. You know, but um, same thing with sobriety, like you know, for, for me, like I was telling you earlier, right now it's I'm starting to love how I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, things are starting to wake up and I keep hearing how great you're going to feel in six months <laughs> and just, you got to be patient. I'm like, you wish you could hit that fast forward button and be there now. Right. And yeah. to know what that would feel like. Um, but I'm loving this process right so far. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm really enjoying. like, I love my baseball process. I'm loving this process too. It's the battle, right? Cause I've grinded so hard in baseball. I've gone through the failures and the bullshit yeah. to me this is no different it's just a different way of looking at it that's more physical this is more mental
1: yeah so do you are you starting to you talked about the fog i hear that a lot too i remember going through it myself just a little little bit foggy you kind of feel like your brain is is almost defrosting um is that is what do you do on those moments when it gets you know i guess well you kind of said you go on a bike ride but you're you're trying to have different things to do to keep you occupied because i think the boredom is what gets to a lot of dudes out there too or it's routine i get home from work i had a commute or maybe it was just a long day and what do i do i'm gonna go crack a beer because it's that routine how how do you break those routines man have you noticed anything with that or how do you how you've been doing well yeah
0: my my routine like like i was saying you at five o'clock when i that happy hour time i go to the gym. But when I'm having that brain fog, that's not always the case. You just can't snap yourself out of it and go hit the gym. I don't want to, I don't need to. And I remember my my ex-wife is over a year sober now. And we have a great relationship and we talk a a little bit about this and she's kind of seeing me through this too, which has been cool. Um, And she said, yeah, I experienced that too. She goes, Aubrey, the the best thing you can do is just sit in it. When you have that brain fog, sit in it. Feel the uncomfortability. Don't try and numb, numb it out. I think a lot of people, they have emotions and they try to block it out and not deal with them. And I did that a lot in my life, yeah. not dealing with emotions by drinking. Right. Yeah. And so now she's like, it's important. You sit in this moment, know that you're bored, know that it sucks, know that you have no energy. You, and I've tried to read. And when you have that brain fog, you can't read, you know, you're just like, yeah. you're not locked in at all. Yeah. Right. You don't have no, no desire to, you don't even want to watch TV. You're looking for any distraction. So what I found when I had the brain fog, I'm like, you know what? my obviously something's healing some my body's here i'm gonna take a nap yeah you know i just take a nap <laughs> Fuck it. right you know, my, yeah. you know if i have my kids it's they're you know they're 12 and 10 uh they can take care you hey kids because you got to take care of you you can't take care of yeah. you you can't take care of anybody else so i'll go take a 30 minute cat nap and by and large most of the time i wake up i'm more refreshed i'm like hey get a cup of coffee let's go you, for me i just lay there and, and relax in this Boredom, if yeah. you will, or that this fog. And so that's worked for me, a nap. Huh. Simple as that.
1: That's good though, too, because you're, and I love that advice from your ex-wife too. And I think it's great that she's supporting you and you guys are kind of walking through this. Um, that's huge because you need that support from everyone, especially those, you know, close to you. Um, but you are, you're sitting in it. You're just accepting it instead of running from it. Okay. Even if it means taking a nap, you know, there it is. I'll just rest it because it normally passes. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm having the surge. Let me call somebody, take a nap, go on a run, whatever. It's gonna pass. Um, I know this is totally off topic, but I didn't want to forget about this. I saw you are a big Nolan Ryan fan. Nolan <laughs> he, Ryan, he, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. I saw him throw he, his seventh no-hitter in Oakland when I was a kid, and it was just freaking, it, it was like magic, man. I, I never forget that.
0: My uh my mom had tickets to his sixth, fifth no-hitter, sixth no-hitter, I think. Uh-huh. We, were to, we were to go, and this was after my dad had passed, and she was dead tired from working a double shift. Oh, man. And she didn't take us. We missed that game oh. through a no-hitter. I would have been there. Damn. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting story. I love this Nolan Ryan story. You know, I grew up yeah. in Texas, and, and I always wanted to play for the Texas Rangers. Yeah. And um, in 2010, I'm with the San Francisco Giants, and we're in game four against the Rangers in Arlington. And uh, I ended up hitting a game-winning two-run home run in the top of the third inning. Ended up being the game winner. Yeah. And uh, looking up, we just taken a 3-1 series lead in that series. But as I'm rounding the bases, going into home, high-fiving my teammates after the home run, I happen to look over by the Rangers' dugout. And uh Nolan Ryan at the time was kind of running the day-to-day operations for the Rangers. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know what his role is now. I don't watch baseball anymore. Yeah. Um, but I look at Nolan Ryan, glance over at him, sitting right next to Doug. He looks up at the scoreboard like this and was like. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I just made my fucking childhood idol shake his head. I was like, wow, what a yes. feeling. It was so cool. Yeah. That it was is awesome, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that is cool. What a great story, too. Um freaking Nolan Ryan, man. Yeah. Just
0: Yeah, it's an interesting story how I got into baseball, too. I mean, I was six years old, and I I started playing T-ball, literally. My grandmother and grandfather, when my mom was working, we stayed over at her house, and they loved the Texas Rangers. We lived 40 minutes west of Fort Worth, Mm -hmm. uh, Arlington, Texas. And they listened to them on the radio or on the TV. And anytime I was over there, I was sitting in my grandma's lap and watched the Rangers. And my mom, after my dad had passed, took us to our first Texas Rangers game, me and my sister, and as I'm going to the game, we go there for batting practice. At the time, I was doing all these little doodly pictures of, like, you know, acrylic logos of each and every thirty major league baseball teams. Yeah, I happen to have my Rangers one. It was about twelve by twelve. It was a little square canvas. I take it down to the dugout during Rangers batting practice, and I'm, please, kiss somebody sign my sign, right? And Jeff Houston, the shortstop for the Texas Rangers at the time, was my happened to be my grandmother's favorite player. By the way, yeah, comes walking <laughs> over my way. I'm like, Mister Houston, <laughs> could you sign my painting? He goes, Yeah, son, I'd love to. Did you paint that? I go, I did, I did. Wow, that's awesome. I said, You're my grandma's favorite player. He goes, Oh, that's sweet, son. This is a cool painting, dude. So he signs yeah. my painting, and he goes, Hey, fellas, fellas. He turns around, yells at all the guys playing BP, yeah. come here. Come sign this thing for this kid. I <laughs> had yeah, 13 other Rangers come over and sign my pen. Oh, I was wow. like, holy shit. It was unbelievable. I felt like That's a awesome. hero, right? Yeah. So I go home after the game. I don't remember who won the game that night. I was so jacked yeah. up. I'm And I get in the car. We're heading home. And I tell my mom in the backseat, I'm like, mom, if you get me a batting cage and a pitching machine, I'm going to hit every day. And I swear to you, I'm going to become a major league baseball player one day. And if you do, <laughs> I'm going to buy you a house and a car, right? <laughs> and she goes, oh, wow, okay, fine. Okay, babe, I can't really afford it, but we'll see. Yeah, You know, three years go by, nothing happens, but I love, I fell in love with baseball. I was playing Little League. She was taking me to all the games and et cetera. Yeah. She knew I had a passion for it. And three years gone by since I'd asked her that on Christmas morning, my family's open presents, my grandma, my grandpa, my sister, my mom, I'm opening nothing. Like towards the end of the tree, the yeah. last present. I'm like, oh. I'm nine years old. Oh. <laughs> I think Santa, did he not want to give me a present? Was I a bad boy? Right. My grandpa was a hard ass like, get up, you pussy. You he started, yeah. <laughs> like he puts puts my uh puts a blindfold on me, starts leading me out. Oh, I and I go out to the backyard and takes it off, and there's a batting cage with oh, no a way. Holy shit. So I mean, instantly oh. I was like, Wow! So I go out there and I made my promise to my mom. I said I'm going to hit 200 baseballs a day till I graduate high school, which I did. I loved it.
1: And you had the batting cage in your backyard, just backyard, oh, yeah. And, that's and
0: um, yeah. Um, so interesting story. When I signed my first big league contract, I think I signed it was three years, 15 million for the Rays. Had a mom and son off season breakfast day. Picked her up took her to the dodge dealership she loved trucks picked her out a truck (laughs) and she didn't knew I was going to do this she I said I got one more surprise follow me and so she follows me in and I'd already had this all set up I'm driving into a brand new two-story beach house on the water in St. Pete Florida and she pulls it she almost rear ends me because she I could see her crying in the rearview mirror right the agents at the for sale sign with the for sale sign off hands her the keys my mom's crying. I'm crying. The agent's almost crying. But wow. right? it was like it, it was an awesome feeling, dude, to be that able to awesome, do That awesome, man. It was like a dream come true. Like yeah. everything I said was going to happen. And I knew when I was six years old, when I told her that in the truck on the way home after that Ranger game, I knew, like I knew, like I knew, I was going to be a major league baseball player. There was no Plan B. Yeah, I just knew it, and that was that was it.
1: Man, what what is it about? when we know and that's a thank you for sharing that too freaking awesome like man it's a great investment a batting cage <laughs> the return on that well like, it, it doesn't always work out
0: that <laughs> not way not always I, yeah I, yeah i got i got pretty lucky <laughs> right place right time yeah
1: but you also put the work in you swung 200 times a day and you 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 know you grind it out like we were talking about the harder
0: you work the luckier you get absolutely, absolutely.
1: i love it i love it um but what is it about knowing something like you said earlier with the adderall like i just knew i was done yeah I knew I was going to be a major league baseball player like when I when I quit drinking and gave up And I I finally told my wife I knew I was done now I'm not saying that I couldn't fuck up again. I'm very aware of that and I'm very um, you know, I keep that in the front of my brain, so i'm not getting, you know, arrogant or anything like that, but I want to be on point But what is it where we just know something? It's this feeling inside like i've had it happen many times, too I knew that, you know, we were going to get this house. I knew I was going to get this job. I knew I was going to start this podcast and it was going to, it was going to turn into something eventually that would help people. You know, I don't know what it is. Do you have any, any idea what you think think, it might
0: be? I I think, I think it's a spirit filled excitement. I think it's something that I I think it's in your DNA, right? Like something in your mind finally clicks in your DNA that subconsciously you don't know about. And it just goes, Oh, yeah. Wow, it just it just makes sense, and you don't even have any rhyme or reason, right? Yep. And I, and I think you know, for me too. I mean, that was with baseball, but with the Adderall, it was a pissed off feeling. Mm. You know, it was I was so pissed off to change that, and I think sometimes you want to be positive in your change, but there's a lot of times anger can go a long way, <laughs> and, be, and and being pissed off yeah. and just des- you, you know, I think Ray Lewis said it best: you got to be pissed off for greatness, right? Mm. And I love that quote Mm. because I think so often you got to get raw with yourself, right? Like, you know, with the Adderall, I got raw with myself. I'm like, I'm fucking tired of being this guy. I hate who I am. I'm a pussy. I'm sick of me. (laughs) I hate me. Right. Fuck you. I'm not going to be this guy anymore. Fuck that old guy. He's dead. I'm going to kill him. Mm. Right. And that's kind of where I was with that. I'm like, and it got me pumped up and jazzed up instead of just kind of being like, well, you know, it's part of my life and I'm going to try, I'm going to try and beat this. And, And positive think my way out of this bullshit, man. I think a lot of times, especially with sobriety, you know, for me, with the Adderall, at least it was, fuck you. I'm, this is, this is my life. You will not own this shit. You will not beat me. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like a strong why it's a strong uh, purpose, I guess, in that, in that movement where you have to really, really want it. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you half ass it, you know, it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem, doesn't seem to work, you know? Right. Um, Man, yeah, that's good stuff, dude. You you mentioned your dad a couple times, man. I was just wondering if you wanted to to share a little bit about about the story. I know you lost him at a young age. Um, did that have a, a a pretty profound effect on you, or was it something that that um... you know?
0: I, I I I suppressed that for the longest time. I think that's why I drank so much. Uh, my yeah. dad was murdered in Abilene, Texas, when I was six years old, um, breaking up a domestic dispute between a husband and wife at his job at his workplace. Um, and so that was very devastating for me, my sister, my mom, um, and I didn't really deal with it. You know, as a kid, yeah. it didn't seem real. And as I got older, my mom, anytime I asked my mom about my dad, it was very she would suppress it, sweep it under. She didn't want to talk about it, so there was never any resolution there. And and when I died, is you don't remember much. Yeah. Before six years old, right? A, a lot of memories. I don't anyway. I think I've killed yeah. so many brain cells, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> The one memory I have of my father, and this is like it happened yesterday, was when I was probably five years old. I was sitting on my trailer park carpet watching black and white television, a little TV this big. I don't remember what I was watching. It was some cartoon. I think it was Tom and Jerry or something. And I happened to look back behind my dad, who just came home from work, and he was sitting in an old rusty lazy boy. And he had a cigarette in one hand a beer in the other, and he was just staring off into space like this. Wow. Just miserable. And I, and I saw the misery on his face. I'm like, my dad looks sad. And I thought to myself in that moment, I'm going to go back there. I'm going to try and play with him. And I walked over there, grabbed his, like, leg and pulled on his pants, like, Dad, I love you. Let's play. Let's play. And he didn't even budge. Just mm-hmm. – didn't even look at me, didn't say a word, and just was like out of it. Like I didn't, he was that that fog that I was talking of, right? You know, and and I remember that hurt. I just walked away thinking to myself, my dad don't even wanna play with me, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, a year later he was gone and that was really the only real memory I have in it, which is sad. Um, And as I got older, I realized that, you know, he had his demons too. My mom had told me that he was out partying every night womanizing things of that nature. So the good news was I found out through his sister, they were my, my mom and my dad were happened to be going through a divorce at the time right before he died. And I didn't even know that
1: really. wow.
0: And so he was living with his sister uh, right before he died. And uh, she said that two weeks before he died, he started going to church was saved and uh, asked for forgiveness. It was like unbelievable timing. Right. Um, So that when I heard that from her years later, that filled me up with a lot more happiness and peace. I, I yeah. you know, as a Christian guy, I just don't, you know, I was always worried about my dad's soul. Right. And sure. when I heard that, sure. it was like a, a load off my shoulders, but um, yeah, I never had that father figure growing up, except for my grandfather who replaced him very well. He was a hard Texas man and uh, yeah. really taught me the value of hard work, respect and honoring your country and your family, and providing, protecting as a man. And um, if I didn't have him, God knows where I would be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, dude. That's great, man. And it's funny how God, you know, we, we, we get cards that were dealt. We don't get to pick, but doesn't that make you just want to be the best father possible too? I mean, Unbelievable. I, it dude. Makes me, I mean, it, it lights me up, bro. <laughs> yeah. It light it.
0: I tell, I, I, I tell my best friend this all the time. If I didn't have my voice, I know yeah. I would be in Guatemala right now doing cocaine. Banging <laughs> I know it. I know it. Yeah. You know, I just, I mean, yeah. they give me so much purpose, so much uh, yeah. love and, um, affectionate and knowing how I felt as a young man without a father growing up, yeah, I, I think that many guys that, that don't have that, you can you can go either one of two ways. You can go dark as hell because you didn't have a father growing up and use that as an excuse, or you can be a better man for it, knowing what it feels like as a young man not to have a father and be the yeah. best dad you can be, which I chose and I love it. I love being a dad. If I wasn't yeah. a dad, like I said, I'd be in a lot of trouble. I just, I. I sacrifice so much for those guys and it's not even, it's not a job. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Be honest with
1: you. No, it's, it's, it's great, dude. It's good. I, I hundred percent, man. Like my, my kids, the that's, that's everything, you know, everything. And it's not always easy either, man. Some days I'm like, Holy shit, God, how did you give me children? Like, <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Um, you, you, you mentioned something that, that hits me like, um, you know, kind of the victim mentality i guess you know like what well my, i didn't have a dad or this or that or whatever i remember i was talking to my sponsor one day and i was bitching about all the things that i'd felt that my dad didn't do and that he he couldn't do and he goes and he doesn't he doesn't do this often either he's pretty chill dude he goes well you shut the fuck up and i said whoa and and uh and i go well what do you mean and, and he he goes man he goes, you're sitting here bitching about all the things you don't, your dad didn't do and your your dad didn't do this. You're setting expectations that your dad will never be able to meet. So get over it. He goes, look at all the dudes that uh, God's put in your life. Look at all the other men that God has provided to show you the things that you expected from your dad that he couldn't do. He's on his own journey himself. And you kind of mentioned that too about your dad. You yeah. kind of come to realize that our parents are people too. They're not just mom and dad. And then like that changed the whole perspective for me to be able to look at and I I guess the word that's coming to mind right now is grace. Just like yeah. giving people grace number 1 and giving myself grace in that moment and allowing myself to learn. Okay, man. Yeah, wait a minute. I don't have to think like that. You know, but here's the point to that. The victim mentality fucking destroys people. Period. Yes. Whatever yes. whatever um situation it is and uh you know, I I just i can't i can't express it enough how much some personal responsibility we need as men out there in the world today and that's why i love alpha american too and you're probably doing the same trying to show your boys i'm trying to do the same show my boy that like it's okay to be a man you know what i yep. mean like yeah it's okay is that you want to talk a little bit about alpha american i mean is that kind of some of the culture behind oh, yeah. it what's your what i mean i i
0: have a sh- i have a shirt that's my best seller a matter of fact shane and it's uh a shirt this is band participation trophy <laughs> I love
1: that I'm gonna get that yeah, by it, the way <laughs> it, it's the it's
0: the number one seller by yeah. far. I can't keep it in stock. And mm. it's actually I just got a fresh stock yesterday so get on it. Yes I will uh, I will. Um so you know I, I feel like in this society today you're right the culture is victimhood mentality. Mm-hmm. And where did it all start? And in my opinion, it was when these kids are um started getting all these participation trophies yeah we've taught kids today i didn't get all that stuff if we got second place or lost a championship hey, you know great season let's go get some ice cream that was it we didn't get trophies we didn't get we weren't putting them on the i didn't get a ribbon yeah right so and this this was this is how we grew up and over the last 20 30 years we had this philosophy that you know we got to coddle these kids and make them feel like special they're they're special no they're not Every, you know you, you, in order to be special you got to work you have to be grinding. you gotta to achieve number one status just like Ricky Bobby said May <laughs> first your last right so yes <laughs> you know I, I hate this culture of all these participation trophy winners that are now in our society today they're all grown up yeah, and entitled. they're the same ones that are hitting the streets that are burning down buildings that are pissed off because what they've realized is oh my gosh I'm 25 years old I They don't. Somebody's not handing me a job. Somebody's not handing me money. Somebody's not giving me everything. What the fuck's going on? And they're just—they're so used to having their way. Now they don't, and now they're—they're pissed off and they're angry. Yeah. Right. And so to me, that's one of our biggest wars. I think between that, the victimhood mentality of these entitled spoiled brats, and more importantly, the attack on masculinity, as you touched on. Um, if you look around our society today, that's another part of alpha American, right? Is my passions for men? You know, I'm sick and tired of live. I live in Southern California, as do you. Yeah. I don't know how, how many times you walk and see a guy wearing a purse, right? <laughs> or, or you know, these skinny, frail, blue haired guys eating granola and telling us how to be masculine, right? No, or and telling us it's okay to dress like women. Yeah. It's confusing, and what th- we're teaching young boys in the school. I can go off on this forever, Shane. But yeah. look at our young boys in school today. The majority of our boys today, most they're all inherently rambunctious. Mm-hmm. They want to compete. Oh yeah. They want they they want to have fun. They're loud. Their testosterone is starting to rage. Yep. And so teachers who are that let's be honest, mostly all women think there's something wrong with this child because they can't be controlled. So they have a sit-down with mom and dad. And dad has no backbone and doesn't take up for their kid. And this teacher convinces them to go take their kid into the doctor, who pumps him full of Ritalin or Adderall. Yep, we're we're destroying young men uh, through society through lies. Um, kids are naturally rambunctious, little boys, and um, the attack on men in society and it even happens in the divorce court, family court system. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, it's men getting fucked over. You know, so
1: California is um, the worst for that.
0: <laughs> and if you can, and it, yeah, for one if of you them. can, and if you can take out the strong pro-American God-fearing alpha male mm-hmm. then you control the world yep. right there's nothing to fear if you're a, global, a globalist or an elite and now we're going through the rabbit hole instead of the sober podcast but <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's but, right we could yeah that's
0: I, I but, but that's my yeah. that's my passion behind yeah. my share brand um, my boys are my passion as a matter of fact uh, you know as of yesterday I don't know if you heard Shane that Gavin Newsom uh, mandated that Every city worker and um, healthcare professional get vaccinated. Yeah, and then our governor here in San Diego is giving governmental uh, uh, asylum or something to restaurants who mandate that their uh, not employees but their customers be vaccinated. Won't let people unvaccinated their restaurant. So I had enough, and I decided I'm going to start uh, planning a rally here in nice. Southern California. So, um, and I'm doing this for my boys. Yeah. Not for, I, I'm sick of seeing it. Like if, if I didn't have my boys, I'll be sitting back, just watching the world burn, whatever. Yeah. But because I have my boys, I want them to grow up in America that I believe in, that I love growing up. Yeah. I want that for them too.
1: I love it, man. We, uh, we appreciate the rallies. I'll just leave it at that. So please, shoot me the info when you, or if you need help even, you know, Hey, yeah. whatever, man. Um,
0: I yeah. love it. we're, we're I, locking I, in the uh, place and time. Um, as we speak probably this week.
1: Okay. Awesome. I just, and here's the thing, man, like this in, and I'll, I'll, I'll try not to go too far down. Cause I do, I, I did this last year. I actually almost quit the podcast, man, just cause I got really wrapped up in a lot of this stuff and I'm the same as you. I'm very passionate about it. Um, but I also, I also try to separate like, My recovery from it and it's really hard because it's 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 normal life stuff and i have a lot of strong beliefs but here's at the end of the day what i believe in and i think you would probably agree with this aubrey i fucking believe in freedom period yeah like the illusion of the two-party system is a fucking joke it's been like that for decades like it's never that's it's it's the perception of choice it's not true and so i don't care what side it is i just want to be free I want to have free choice i want my kids to have a choice in what they can do and right now we're not seeing any of that and so of course they're going to try to crush um you know that alpha spirit and it's not going yeah. to happen so I, i'll just kind of leave it at that no i i love it man it me yeah.
0: think quite a lot yeah and i always gravitate doing podcasts with people i know i'm going to get along with right and, and <laughs> I, I will never do a podcast with a liberal beta male or or, or yeah or soy, or soy we, karen you yeah. just won't do it it, it there's well, no there's purpose. no debate. There's no
1: debatable. Um, no. They, they don't debate. So no, it's not a they, critical they, thinking conversation. They don't
0: fight fair. They just yell down mm-hmm. at you when you're making good points. They just yell and call you a racist or whatever. But you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like I would consider myself a Republican. Um, and when I played Major League Baseball, I didn't. I wasn't political at all. I didn't give a shit. But yeah, I woke. I woke up after I retired, watched how the media treated uh, Barack Obama, and how they treated Donald Trump. I'm like, wait, something isn't stirring the Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah. And I started watching and using my common sense. And um, like I said, I leaned Republican. And yeah. as I've watched the Donald Trump fiasco over the last four years, I believe that God used him. And I tweeted this, or I posted on Instagram today. Yeah. I believe God used Donald Trump to wake up the masses to just show how evil both parties are. Yep. And. I still lean Republican as far as the, their policies and cause I don't, I believe in pro-life, you know, and I don't, I can't believe anybody would be a Christian being a liberal. It's just, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> so obviously I believe in the Republican um, viewpoint. Yeah. But I know for a fact now, after what I've been seeing the last four years, that they are both part of this huge cabal. Yeah, It's part of this whole operation to appear like there's two party system, but they're all one. And it's meant to divide us
1: hundred percent.
0: And it took me the longest time to see that. It took me six years to see it. And I hope more and more people wake up because it's all a fucking lie.
1: I, I, I do too, man. And that's, that's one thing I love about the sober community is the, the sober recovery community is a hundred percent proof that we can all be from different backgrounds, different colors, different races, different, different people. We have one thing in common. We struggle with alcohol, maybe or drugs or whatever, but we can all come together and, and live civilly and, and be the, the, the good people that God designed us and and find purpose in that. The problem is, is that you're right. It's, it's a division tactic. And so until we start kind of seeing it for what it is, and I think it was KRS one, one of my favorite quotes, he said, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly, but it was something along the lines of getting mad at the president is like, getting mad at the manager of a McDonald's if they raise the price on a Big Mac or something along those lines. In other words, this th- there's, there's a very broader picture here um, that, that if we don't take the time ourselves as individuals to look into and study a little bit and look at the constitution, look at those types of things that history has done that you don't know because we weren't taught that shit in school. They didn't teach yep. us that. You know what I mean? Like, that was not on the agenda there. The agenda was to be a tax asset. Now I'm getting on a fucking soapbox, soapbox myself, <laughs> too. But I, yeah, I just, I just love freedom. I know you love freedom. I hope everybody listening to the podcast right now can just understand that, yes, my mission is to help dudes stay sober, like, period. Because if you can stay sober, it awakens your spirit from within and the rest falls into place. At least in my experience, that 1, this
0: happened. 1000% Shane. And I say this all the time. I don't think you could as a human being, a flawed human being, see the truth unless you have the Holy spirit. Mm. Like if, for me, if, if I didn't have the uh, discernment of the Holy spirit, there's no way I could see all the lies before me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, um, just the the things the common sense i that i think i have that's not me that's the holy spirit honestly yeah it's you know it's i say when i have common sense and i can see things, that's being kind of like uh, arrogant right i just think that's a godly thing uh and um and we will be like even in the bible it says that even christians uh today we will be hated because we love him and we're seeing that right now and who are the people that are Um, vastly um, anti-vaccine it's typically the conservative christian you know and and we are being put right now backed into a wall um, as enemies that we're killing people because we're not vaccinated i think there's you know and i'm getting on off topic here but i think there's a war coming Mm. um when it when it comes to um the powerful elites that have divided us so much. They wanted the racial divide with the whole George Floyd. That didn't really happen. Yeah. So this is their new d- divisive tactic, <clears throat> and they're they're leading people to believe that unvaccinated people are killing people. Yeah. And that's going to be hard to step away from, mm-hmm. um, and to kind of debunk that because people don't know how to think for themselves. They can't see things for what they really are. They'll believe anything the media tells them. And the media is owned by the people behind the politicians who are pulling the strings, Yep. right? This country is not run by president Biden. It's not run by politicians. It's run by the people that have all the money behind them. Yep. And who knows who that is?
1: There's a great book that I read a long time ago when I started to kind of go down this, this awakening, it's called none dare call it conspiracy by Gary Allen. Very good book.
0: I gotta read that. What's it called?
1: Yeah, none none dare call it conspiracy by Gary Allen. And uh man, a lot of stuff that you're talking about that we're talking about, um, that um goes over the banking system's um, you know, even constitution to some extent and how, you know, it's used or not used. Um, in any case, I was gonna say something else and what the hell was it? I forgot now. Um uh, dang it. Uh, anyways, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a crazy time right now. It's also, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. I had someone in my own family, um, the other day who I love very much and care about very much ask, well, you know, you, you've been, you've been, uh, you know, you got the jab, right? <laughs> and my first response, cause it, here's, here's my favorite response to this. When people ask me. When was the last time you had your butthole looked at? Oh, that's right. It's none of your business. My medical I, I like, stuff.
0: I like this one. I like this one. This one happened that, uh, uh, to a buddy of mine, I guess he walked yeah. into a Walmart or something, I guess. I didn't say ago. that
1: to the person that I love, by the way. I just want to clarify that though. I, I, I held my tongue, but okay. Sorry. Go ahead. It,
0: it was, it was like a liberal, like college girl that yeah. agreed greeter her at like a Walmart. And, um, he was like. Wiping down the, the, the cart or whatever. He's about to pull it out. and She had the mask on. She said, Sir, do you have a mask? He goes, No, no. She goes, Well, are, are, are you vaccinated? And he goes, Do you like anal? <laughs> oh, shit. She goes, I'm sorry, sir. Well, I mean, you're asking me private information. I just want to know. Yeah. If, you know, this is probably, <laughs> I just want to ask you if you like anal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she ran off like to go get her oh, manager. Man. He just went about his day. Yeah. That's how you handle these idiots, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, isn't there, we have a right to privacy. We have a right to, and that's all we're trying to because I know I'm going to get some shit for this. I can hear it already, but I don't like, we're, we're just practicing our first amendment here. We're practicing some truth. We're practicing some conversation, some debate, you know, some critical thinking stuff. And I just wish people, um, you know, might take a little time to step back and just look at the big picture and 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 kind of kind of look at it through a lens of um oh man oops earphones came out a lens of uh constructiveness i guess and 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 the ability to kind of separate things and look at them objectively versus just listening and and buying into every single and that goes on both sides of of the aisle so um, well,
0: but let's be honest, it, it's pretty much uh, that, that's a real problem more on one side than the other. <laughs> I, I would agree. 100%. I, I feel 100. I feel I feel like the, the whole jab community is, you know, it's, you know, my body, my choice. All, you know, that's all g- they yeah. preach you know, all the time. And now they they're shoving their agenda down my throat. Listen, you want to get a jab. That's all you go nuts. I don't care. You yeah. want to be if you're a woman and you want to be a guy, or you're a guy. You want to cut off your dick and be a woman. I don't care. Just don't cram that viewpoint down my throat, yeah. and don't try and indoctrinate my kids. Don't mm-hmm. tell them what they need to do. This is not your decision, yeah. right? And if your jab works as you claim it to be, then you should be completely fine from me, yeah right? So exactly. I don't understand their their reasoning. Well, that's the thing, and, it. and none it's of it—it's mental, mental illness.
1: None of it makes any sense. And I think for no. sensible people, we just go, "What the hell is going on right now?" Like none of it makes any sense. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a big, big part of it. Um, anyways, man, I I love this convo, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today too. Um, I want to be respectful of time. We're almost at an hour today. Let's kind of wrap it up with just like, what's next for you in, in trying to stay sober. I know you're kind of doing one day at a time. I just, let me say this too. So I don't forget. I really do feel like, man, like you, you have, you have such a, a platform, such an influence over, over men out there. And I just want to commend you and just say, I'm proud of you, bro. And I am, um, I'm grateful that I'm, you know, getting to chat with you today and met you just because of the fact of doing what you're doing, being outspoken about everything. And then specifically on the alcohol front, trying to stay sober, it's not easy and and you've put yourself out there and you're continuing to do it and i think you're going to influence a lot of dudes to to do the same and, and i appreciate well, you I for think, it man. i appreciate yeah. that
0: shane well that's that's to me that's real confidence that's real alphas when you're vulnerable right yeah. and you can you can because there's so many guys who you know i feel like a lot of things would be solved if they were vulnerable and let their true feelings out and be able to speak and yeah and talk about some of their struggles but we're, we've been taught in a society today that to be a real man you got to be hardened suck it up and take it and, just you yeah, know, quit quit bitching, right? Sometimes it's good yeah, to a... talk. Th- Sometimes it's good to talk things out yeah. and, and be vulnerable and, and let you, let let some things out that are bothering you. And for me, uh, yeah, that's been really hard because I was a sports guy. Yeah, and we're, we're <laughs> yeah. not supposed to show an emotion out there on the arena. It's yeah. hard all the time. Tough face. Don't let the enemy see any emotion. And so that was hard for me to really get to. And I tell you, the minute I started being more open about my struggles, whether it had been alcohol. Uh, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, things of that nature. The more and more I talked about that, and it was hard to do at first, Yeah, scary as fuck, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm doing things, something I've never done. The amount of guys that would reach out privately, direct messaging, made me feel like, holy shit, so many. So many. And saying thank you, and it was giving me strength to continue on. And the more and more I talked about it, guess what? The more and more I healed. Yep. from depression, anxiety, things of that nature. Because uh, there's something about God and his spirit. When you help others, it comes back to you twofold, right? Yep. And it, it makes you feel better as well.
1: Yep. That's my my sponsor says that often. If you're struggling with anxiety, go help somebody who's struggling with anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> Or whatever yeah. the case is, man. And you're, you're 100% on that, man. We serve. We help other people. Good stuff, man. Um, So where can folks follow you at? I know I'll put all the links in the show notes today. It's alphaamerican.com if they want to check out uh, the any of the merch there. Um, what about on Instagram?
0: Instagram, I'm at Huffdaddy76. You have to type in the entire handle. You can't yeah. type in my name, and it shows up. And I have a verified check mark with 275 thousand yeah. followers. I know. I'm so shot. You ha- you have to type in my entire handle. H u f f d a d d y seven six to even find me. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. That's and that's it.
1: At Alpha. Underscore American underscore official. I know you have a couple backup accounts just in case. Yeah, yeah. Well, too, but you when can you go to when there, you go to
0: my yeah. my Huff Daddy seventy six page, all my yeah. my Alpha American link and pages there as well. So you'll be able to see.
1: Okay. It. Awesome, man, dude. Uh, th- thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Bobby. I appreciate you, man.
0: You got it, Shane. Man, keep doing you, brother. Thanks, man. Bye, right, buddy.